0: I want to preach to you tonight uh, out of this passage, and I want to encourage, challenge, and help you in this place, uh, myself included, um, in this area of life that we oftentimes battle through, we deal with. Uh, when you become a Christian and after a while of becoming a Christian, when you start getting involved in ministry and you start participating in different areas of the kingdom, uh, this challenge is always present and it can become something that we have to deal with quite regularly. A few years ago, I remember driving uh, my car with a Pastor Eccles, he was down for a revival. And as we were driving down down the road, most of these cars nowadays have this mileage, that remaining or remainder mileage for the amount of petrol that you have in the car. So assuming you have half a tank left, then what you would see on your mileage is that there is maybe another 150 kilometers to go or 200 kilometers to go before the fuel runs out. And so we were on the LDP highway and Pastor Eccles looked over the gauge and he saw that there was only about 7 km to go. And so he panicked because in his mind, if there is not enough fuel, There is no way we can get from point A to point B. And he said, there's no way I'm going to be pushing the car. (laughs) But I, being who I am, I played along with him. I knew where the closest petrol station was. And I pulled right into the petrol station when we hit about 1 km left. And then I fueled the car up. But how many know that there is a concept That when you don't have enough, you will never be able to finish the journey. On that day, I learned a principle that I want to talk to you about, a principle of inadequacy. A principle of not having enough. And I want to talk to you about this because it's a spirit, if we're not careful, that runs rampantly in the church, especially in a church and a fellowship like ours, when we rely and depend on the people of God to function the kingdom of God. And many of us, safe to say, may not have the greatest talents on the earth. Some of us may not be the most talented singers. Some of us may not be the most talented preachers. Some of us may not be the most talented teachers. Some may not be the most talented, uh, 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 you know, in different whatever areas, in whatever ministry you're serving in. And so inadequacy, it's a spirit. And if you're not careful, you can permit the spirit to become a hindrance in your walk with God. The work of God this evening is demanding. You cannot deny that. The church and the building of the church is a demanding task. It takes a lot out of us. It takes incredible amount of work. It takes labor. It takes time. It takes energy to work the kingdom of God. But when God calls us to ministry... When God calls any one of us here tonight, our inadequacies become evident. The kingdom of God is surrounded by volunteers, ministers that constantly feel the brunt of inadequacy and we battle with this, with this notion that I am not enough. Pastor, I don't have what it takes to be in ministry. Pastor I'm not a talented person. Pastor I can't sing good enough. Pastor I am too young. Pastor I'm too old. I'm not qualified. I don't have what it takes. This is what inadequacy is. It's the nature of coming of understanding that I don't have what it takes to perform this ministry. I don't have the gifts. And this feeling of inadequacy this evening is an age-old problem that has befallen anyone trying to do a work for God. In all my years of ministry, I cannot tell you how many times I sit down with men and women, pastor, pastor's wives alike, and I sit down with people in church, and I would hear the same song being sung, the same sentiment, Pastor, I don't feel I have what it takes. I cannot do this. I'm, I'm underqualified. I cannot handle this. And there are times, in the midst of inadequacy, people walk away from God. Because they feel they're not doing enough. I've battled this myself. When I look over the congregation, there are times I ask myself, God, am I making an impact? Is my preaching making a difference? Right? After a while, you come to church, you see people sleep off. Mm. Can I preach? So you, you begin to feel like, hmm, sermon is not really doing a whole lot. But it's true. You feel inadequate. You're doing your best. You're bringing your best. And there are times you ask yourself, am I enough? I want to talk to you and i want to preach to you tonight battling inadequacy exodus chapter 3 verses 10 through 14 the bible begins to talk to us about moses tonight and it's a familiar text i'm not going to preach long i'm going to let you off tonight go home get some rest exodus chapter 3 10 through 14 but i want you to pay attention to the words of Jesus or the words of God tonight. In verses 10, Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers uh, has sent me to you, they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So, in our passage, Moses begins to make an excuse because he felt inadequate. Now, let's establish that before we go any further. Excuses tonight is a way of simply telling God, I'm not good enough for the job. This is what an excuse represents. The task of delivering the multitude, the children of Israel from Egypt, is no menial task. It is a task that requires enormous amount of arrangement. It is a task that requires, it is demanding. You're dealing with a, with, with a multitude of people, with people of different characters, different backgrounds. Egy, the, the mindset of Egypt and the mentality that you have to break, the spirit of rebellion, the spirit of complaining, the spirit of difficulty in all that Moses had to, he understood because he resided amongst those people. He knew these people, he knew how hard it was going to get, he knew how difficult it was going to get. So you cannot blame Moses for presenting to God a reasoning, if we may, why I shouldn't be the one to go. But at the same time, when men and women make excuses when God calls them, more often than not, it is because we feel the sense of inadequacy in the midst of rebellion, in the midst of stubbornness, in the midst of selfish, fleshly desires. They want to pursue their own purposes. They want to pursue money. They want to pursue their career. They want to pursue their job. God's calling. But they have other agendas in mind. That's a different sermon altogether. But when you study this passage, God was not asking Moses to do this alone. But he made the excuse. He was hoping that God will allow him to get off the hook. God was instructing Moses to go to Egypt, go to Pharaoh, and in the midst of his command, God was going to provide for Moses. You see, this is a lesson we must learn. God never calls you to go alone. He always goes with you. Yes, that's right. There's always a, re- always a revelation of that. When He spoke to Abraham, He said, Abraham, take your family and your children and go to a land that I will show you. So when you know God calls, when you know that God speaks, Don't be afraid to respond to him and say, God, I don't have what it takes. No, there is no time to say that to God. You have to respond to him because the purposes of God will always involve the presence of God. Moses about 40 years ago was a completely different person. He was arrogant. He was pompous. He was... Uh, high-minded because the Bible tells us that when he saw the Egyptian bullying another Israelite, what did he do? He killed that Egyptian. This was 40 years ago. Right? And what did God do to him? God said, Moses, some things need to change about your character. So come, let me take you to the desert. Let me give you some dry seasons in life. Let me put you amongst sheep and animals. Let me make you work under your father-in-law, Jethro. You're going to find a girl there, you're going to marry her, and then you're going to work under your father-in-law for a while. While you work for your father-in-law for 40 years, I'm going to use that as your training ground. Are you following what I'm saying? So as arrogant as this man was, he was not ready to deliver the people. As pompous as he was, as prideful as he was, he lifted his hands at that moment in time. Can you just process what I'm saying here? He thought to himself, hey, I can do this. I can deliver the children of Israel off on my own. I don't need anyone's help. I'm the son. I have all the power. But now he stands before God, as arrogant as he was 40 years ago, 40 years later, he says, who am I? What happened? I thought you thought highly about yourself. I thought you thought you were going to bring them out on your own. At least at that time, he felt he could deliver them by his own strength. But this is what makes inadequacy so beautiful in God's eyes. Because God uses our weaknesses. He uses our flaws. so that we can pursue the will of God. And I'll talk about that in a moment. But after 40 years of being in the desert, God developed this man. He now sees his actual self. But you see, 40 years before, pride and self-confidence hindered him from depending on God. I make that statement to you. Pride and self-confidence will always hinder us from depending on God. This is why today in our culture, you have so many self-help books. You have a lot of gurus today. You know why? Because they want to outsmart God. Pride and self-confidence will hinder you from depending on God. What made Moses inadequate? Have you ever thought about that? Think about this with me as we bring this to a second point. What made Moses inadequate? The Bible tells us he questioned God a few times in this passage. But what made him inadequate? What made him feel? I mean, 40 years before, he seemed like a very self-confident man. 40 years before, he seemed like a very leadership quality man. But after 40 years in the desert, he's coming back like a wounded animal and he's saying, you know what, who am I? He's like lost his own identity. Now he realizes I'm no one and and, uh, without God. So the first thing that causes inadequacy, uh, caused Moses to feel inadequate was his guilt. Exodus chapter 3 verses 11, Moses said to God, who am I? Who am I? Why is he questioning this? Why does he feel so inadequate? I mean, if God calls you, bro, just say, yeah, I'll do it. But he's feeling small. He's feeling intimidated. He's feeling inadequate. Because if you remember the story, beloved, years ago, he killed that Egyptian. And now God is beginning to bring him, God is going to bring him back to that same spot and say, you remember what you did? And he's revealed he's guilt of what he did. His nature of, you know what, I did what was wrong. It wasn't right. I'm not qualified to take this in and deliver those people out. I'm inadequate. There's no way I'm the one you're looking for. I'm messed up in Egypt, God. I'm the one who messed up. I'm the one who did something that was wrong. I killed that guy and now you want me to go back. Can I tell you, guilt... Will always make you feel inadequate before God Because you live in your past You may look at your life and say You know, I'm not good enough You don't know what I did in the past You don't know when I, when I spoke publicly before You know, people begin to make fun of me I said something stupid And it came out from my mouth And now I'm ashamed to speak Or you know, I've sinned and I've done something wrong. I said things that I shouldn't have said. And that guilt causes you to feel inadequate. Feel like you're not good enough for God to use you. Are you following what I'm saying tonight? This is the spirit of guilt. Moses The only way he can overcome this is by facing what he's committed in the past. Until you come to that place and say, I've done wrong right here, you'll never be able to say yes to the will of God. Because every time God calls you, you're going to have an excuse. I cannot. I'm not good enough. And if I sat down with you and I found out why very soon we'll find out it's because of something that you've done in the past that holds you back from excelling for God. So that's one of the reasons why he feels inadequate, his guilt. Guilt will always distort our mind. Guilt will always refuse anything that God says. When guilt resides in you, When you're a guilt-ridden person, bound by the spirit of guilt, anything that God says, anything good, you can never seem to hear. So when God says, I'm sending you to Egypt to deliver the children of Israel, He says, no, that's not possible. The second thing that Moses had to battle with Why was he feeling inadequate? It was because of his fear. Let's talk about that. Exodus chapter 3, verses 13. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? Moses is afraid. Moses undeniably in his state of inadequacy He feels I'm not enough, I don't have what it takes He's fearful, he's afraid He looks at his age, he's 80 years old And he's thinking to himself There's nothing I can accomplish at this age There's no way I can achieve He's questioning God Who shall I say sent me? Why? Because he's so concerned about what people think It's a spirit of fear. I'm afraid what people will say if I do the will of God. I'm afraid what my family will say if I say I need to be in church. I'm afraid of what people will say if I say I want to go and preach the gospel. I'm afraid of what these people will, how they look at me and how they say about me. Fear, beloved, our age can be a, can be a, a, a limitation. But at the same time, maybe he felt I lack the experience I don't have what it takes. Fear is never a good gauge to determine your destiny with God. Never measure your destiny with God using the spirit of fear. Fear will always give you a false metrics. It will always tell you it's more dangerous than it is safe. It will always tell you, you are making a mistake than making the right choice. Fear will always tell you, you cannot do that. Give to God your all. You cannot because you won't have enough. How many people, I pastored long enough, people are so bound in the spirit of fear that they claim to say, I'm being wise with my money, but they fear to give their money to God. It's not stewardship, it's fear. You're scared you give it and you don't have anything. You're scared. It's a spirit of fear. God speaks. God's been telling you. But you're afraid. Call it what it is. You can never, you can never do the will of God. You will always feel I'm not enough until you confront the spirit of fear. I cannot let what people think of me stop me from the will of God. The third thing that hindered Moses and it's a result of his inadequacy or what caused him to continue in his inadequacy was his inability. You know, Moses really had a problem physically. Exodus 4 verse 10, the Bible says, Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. This reality of who Moses was. We all may have our own little weaknesses. Real, genuine, torn in the flesh weaknesses. Remember, Paul had his weakness. Paul had a Torn in his flesh. The torn in the flesh wasn't a sin. The torn in the flesh was something that was of a sickness. It was an infirmity that he was dealing with. There was a limitation. He couldn't speak. He couldn't, you know, uh, move as freely as most people would. But in the limitations of life, beloved, this man understood that in his inability, there was no excuse to say, I'm inadequate. Moses had the reason. To believe that his inability, I can't speak, I'm not fluent. I remember reading about a man who had many years ago who had cerebral palsy. Today he preaches the gospel. You know, when you have cerebral palsy, you cannot speak clearly, your speech is slurred oftentimes. And this man, he had a stroke, I believe, in the midst of all that. And I cannot remember the name. His name is David someone, but David Ring. David Ring is his name. Um, Powerful. When you hear him preach, you begin to ponder and ask yourself, what excuse do I have? You remember the story about a woman in the Dominican Republic. That's why many of these poor nations, we can build thriving churches. Churches. Reason being is because in many of these nations, they hunger for God. You come to a city like this, people don't want to come to church. Because the crave of the world is so strong. In Dominican, there was a lady who was, Pastor Campbell said, she sings on the worship team. One day, it's raining cats and dogs. She's walking to church in the rain. She comes drenched wet. She's in church on a Wednesday night, worshiping, serving God. And Pastor Hilkota told Pastor Campbell at that moment, he said, Pastor, you know, this, this one lady, she... She's never missed a service in her entire life. And she's been coming to church for 20 years. Never missed a service. And you know what? She's blind. In that rain, when I was in Indonesia, they traveled for three hours. People got car here. They don't want to come to church. What a generation. Don't let our inability hinder us from doing the will of God. Let's close then, finally, with God expressly expressly helps the inadequate. Make a statement to you. Our inadequacy gives place to God's ability. Our inadequacy gives place to God's ability. Feeling inadequate is not a hindrance to being used by God. It is actually a prerequisite to being used by God. Inadequacy is what God is looking for. God's not looking for the most polished, the most talented, the most gifted, the most articulate, the most well-educated person to do something for Him. God is looking for someone who is solely dependent on Him to do something for Him. That's why the Bible says that when you are weak, I am strong. Why? Because the Bible understands that just like Moses, in his inadequacy, in his weakness, in his lack of talent, in his lack of ability, God can use a character like that. I'm thinking to myself, 40 years ago, he killed an Egyptian and he's talking about the Egyptian, he's bombarding the Egyptian. 40 years later, he's asking God, who am I? Something broke in this man. Something changed in this man. Something was transformed in this man. This is why God takes us through one trial after another. God says, you know what, maybe a little bit of sickness will be good for you. That's why I always tell people, don't play games with God. People think they can (laughs) play games, play games. One day, God will get you. You can't play games with God and think God's going to just write it off. But you see, beloved, this is what God's looking for. Someone who says, God, I'm not good enough, and I think to myself, when he heard Moses speak those words, he began to, I I, I think God just got excited. Michael, Gabriel, guys, we found our perfect man. Because Moses could have said, "Yeah, yeah, I'll go, I'll go. My people only what? Hey, leave it to me, lah. I'll handle this. I know what to do." C- can you imagine? He could have been prideful, could have been arrogant. He could have been, you know, high-minded. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. God, I know you got no one else. What? After all, me only what? It's me. It's Moses. I'll go. I'll go. I know. I know. I know the guys all there. The top management all. I know them all. I'm. And God says, no, no, you're not ready yet. Stay in the desert for a while more. But when Moses says, who am I? I think God is like, guys, we found our match. He's the guy that needs to go. Because he doesn't think highly of himself anymore. Inadequacy is a prerequisite for God to use you. You will never be used by God until you learn I'm inadequate and only God can help me. The calling of Moses was simply a very simple calling. In fact, I know we hear so many sermons on it, but the truth is it was a calling to show up. God laid the plans for deliverance. God knew what he was going to do. Moses simply had to show up. Moses didn't have to plan, Moses didn't have to organize, Moses didn't have to sit down and say, okay, you know what, if Pharaoh did this, I'll do that, if Pharaoh did this, I'll do that, if this, 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 he didn't have to organize all that. When it's in God's hands, God sets the plan in place, not men, not men. Men cannot prepare what God has set in place. And when you look at this deliverance that takes place, God did the heavy lifting, God did whatever He was supposed to do, and all Moses had to do was two things, show up in front of Pharaoh and show up in front of the children of Israel. And what did God say? I, you know, I, I wanted to call this sermon, just use the stick, you stupid. Because isn't that what happens? God says, actually Moses, I don't need you. I'll use the stick. You just, you just bought bodo and hold the stick. I'll do everything. I just need someone to hold the stick, Moses. That's all. You throw it on the floor, it'll become a snake. You put it in the sea, it'll, become a, it'll the sea will part. You put it in the sea again, the, the sea will become red. You're not doing any of it, Moses. I am. I am. You're just a man inadequate by nature. You know what I want for you? Hold the stick, that's all. Can you catch this? It's like God never really was, wasn't really looking for a high flyer. He wasn't looking for a super, you know, superstar university qualified grad. You know, this guy has all the physics in order, the sea is going apart, he knows science very well. No, he said, I just need a man. I know it sounds bad, but listen, I need a man that can hold a stick, that's all. Am I right? And God did everything because a man was willing to hold a stick. And when you think of it that way, you realize, my gosh, I'm nothing if it's not for God. I just need a man who will speak my word in my church. That's all. I just need a man who will volunteer and lay his life down to serve me. That's all. All the miracles, all the signs, all the wonders, all the heavy lifting, I will do. You just have to avail yourself. This is what Moses did. We are indeed inadequate beings to build the kingdom, beloved. And in your flaws and my flaws, we are forced to trust and remain in God until God shows up. In other words, listen to me very carefully, our inadequacy can only push us to a place where we feel impatient. God, why are you not doing anything? God, why are you not moving? God, why aren't you answering? God, why aren't you doing something? For, in our inner, because we lack the expertise, we panic. But you know, in your inadequacies, you're supposed to stay calm and leave it up to the Master. Let Him handle all. I'm just going to hold the stick. I'm just going to preach. I'm just going to witness. I'm just going to give. I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to worship. I'm just going to read the Bible. When it comes to the church and God's people, you handle it. You are the miracle worker. You are the way maker. You are the one that can part red seas. You are the one that can cause a sea to turn into blood. You are the one who can cause heaven to send food from, uh, manna from heaven. You are the one who is able to bring water from a rock. You, not me, Moses cannot take any credit for it because remember, he's inadequate by nature. So let me ask you now, and God calls us, are we really doing anything for God? I mean, leave the people who have excuses why they cannot serve God. Uh, uh, you know, the people who, I don't have time, pastor. You hear that a lot. I thank God for you that come to church on a Tuesday. I really do. Because when I preach, I want people to be here. At least it helps you and helps me. But I, I tell you, beloved, people have so many excuses about church nowadays. It gets almost annoying and fed up. You know, you don't want Jesus, don't want Jesus, up to you. Not my loss. But the point is that with the amount of excuses that people give today, Jesus is just saying, just avail yourself. I will use you in a powerful way. You don't have to do anything. Just avail yourself. Make your time available. Make yourself available for my kingdom and I will use you because we are all inadequate. So I close with this final three things very quickly. Just two, three minutes and I'm done. We feel inadequate because of three things, okay? So Moses felt inadequacy and we identified the reason why he felt the inadequacy because of his guilt, his fear and his own inability, right? When you don't know enough, you feel you're inadequate. That's why reading is very important. I've always said this to people right? This is why you need to talk to people, okay? You need to communicate with level-headed people, not, not stupid people <laughs> who stay under a rock and think that they know everything, all right? You, you have to talk to people. You have to find out from people. And, and um, um, the, the, when you know things, you begin to improve yourself. When you improve yourself, you realize God can help you. Now, We know that was Moses' problem. But why do we personally still battle with inadequacy in our dealings in the kingdom of God, in our ministry? Why? Number one, because we look at God's purposes through our finite mind. You see, we cannot comprehend one thing how is it that God can use me as an individual to make a difference in his kingdom? This is the so-called quote-unquote David and Goliath scene. I'm a young boy. I'm inexperienced. I don't have all the skill. I don't have all the talent. I don't have all the gifts. I don't have it all. But how does God want me to conquer a giant that's about 9, 10 feet high? How does that happen? You cannot comprehend that. Can you comprehend that this church will one day be a conference center? You cannot comprehend that. Can you comprehend that by end of this year, I believe we can fill this church up by faith? Can we comprehend that? It's hard to comprehend that. A lot of things in life we cannot comprehend. Because we look at life, we look at ourselves in, our, in the mirror and we say, hmm, not possible. No way. No way. This thinking is what makes you feel inadequate. I'm not good enough. There's no way this church is not good enough. And the more negative people we have in this church, the more they'll speak against the church. Oh, the church is so small the church is this, the church is that. And you, you know, there are people who speak negative. Pastor Campbell made a profound statement, let me tell you. That's why I always, I, I, sometimes I don't even talk to people because they speak nonsense and they're very poisonous with their words. I'll tell you what he said. He said, you cannot speak against what God wants to bless. If you're talking against the church and then you're praying for the church, it's not going to work. He shared the story about a a pastor and his wife who was laboring in California many years ago. And the pastor and the wife at one point in time began to get into some conflict. The church was not growing. The church was stagnant and things were not working out and so on and so forth. And so Pastor Campbell is counseling this man. He's talking to him. He's finding out, you know, what's happened. And so this man is saying, Pastor, we just want to go home. We want to go back to our mother church. Let us go. We just want to go back. And so Pastor Campbell is just trying to, you know, give him some. Talk and you know, converse with him, find out what's happened, what's happened, what's happened, and so on and so forth. Eventually, he asked him, What does he asked him about what he thinks about the church, why he thinks about the city, what he thinks about job, and all that. Then he asked him, What does your wife say about the church? What does your wife say about the church? And this man said, Oh, my wife, she hates the church. She hates the people. She hates the city. She hates the food. She hates this. She hates that. She, and, she, and he just went on and on. And that's where Pastor Campbell had a revelation. He says, God can never bless something that you speak against. If you speak against the church, if you speak against your life, this is why, you, this is why I always tell people, you never bring home something from a person who would have chanted, spoken words. You know how you got all these drawings nowadays? They speak into that, and it brings a curse. I was talking to someone yesterday. She asked me, she said, Pastor, uh, you know these books? I said, all the books I ever had of Ravi Zacharias, I threw it away. I didn't give it to no one. I threw it in the dustbin. Because I'm not keeping an immoral man's writing in my home because it brings a spirit to my family. Are are you following what I'm saying tonight? That's why you have to be sensitive. What kind of messages you're reading? What kind of texts you... Who has access into your phone? People speak curses nowadays. Your finite thinking. Break that because we look through the finite mind, we begin to ponder and say, there's no way I as a young person, as a young, small individual can make a difference uh, in the world that I'm living in. There's no way this can happen. And so finite thinking. The second thing is that we want to do more than we've been told to do. You know why we feel inadequate? Because God said, just do the right thing. But you know what we want to do? We keep ourselves busy with activities. We do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. We are doing this, we are doing that, we are doing this, we are doing that. And then we get upset with God because God, we are doing so much and nothing is working. You are doing more than you should. There is a limit. Do you know that we are humans? Amen. You cannot be awake 24 hours, 7 days a week. You have to go to sleep. Oh, pastor, I'm doing a Bible study. Then after that, I'm on the phone with this one. I'm counselling them. Then after that, I'm in the morning prayer. And then after that, I go home and... Uh... No, 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 no. What did God call you to? God called me to do three things. To pray as a pastor. To study the Word of God. And to Disciple anything else around that, I won't waste my time. Because that's the plan of God for me. I, are you getting what I'm trying to say here? You, you cannot do more than God called you to do. We want to help the poor. No, it's not. We can't. We don't have the resources. How much more you want the church to do? Oh, we're gonna go and give money to this, place. we're gonna do charity here, we're gonna do that. No, we don't have time. Get the big church to do it, get other people to go and do what they want to do. We're not called to that. So the moment we feel we're doing more than we should, we always feel we are not enough. We want to preach 14-15 times in a week. Obviously, we don't have enough, we'll run out of energy. Are you getting what I'm saying? Inadequacy at times is a self-inflicted condition. Sometimes we bring it on ourselves. We feel we cannot handle it because we're doing too much. Oh, you know, I want to be able to you know, bring home an income and, and then you're holding five jobs and you can't even sleep at night. You don't have rest. Your body is breaking down. You don't have the peace of mind. And you wonder why I feel inadequate, 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 inadequate. Because you're doing more than you should. More than you've been told to do. And I don't have time to go into all the details, but Moses, God told him only one thing. Carry the stick, Moses. Just carry the stick. Just carry the stick. I'll use the stick to do the miracle. Just carry the stick, man. That's all. And lead these people with that stick. If you do more than God's called you to do, you will run out. Some people think that if you're going to do the will of God, that means I have to be 24-7 awake, you know, doing something for the kingdom of God. No, that's not true. The third reason why we all feel, at times we feel inadequate, and this is the last one, and I close with this, is because we think too highly about ourselves. Sometimes we think we're superheroes. And because we think so highly about ourselves, we fail. We fail. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verses 3, For I say, though the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Not to think too highly, I'm not that great. Remind yourself of that. God, I humble myself. Uh, Oh, without me, the church cannot function. Lies. (laughs) Without me, the church will continue to function. Because that's how we structure our churches. I'm not the center of the church. Jesus is. Jesus is the center of the church. And this is why I say to you, we cannot think too highly. Some people think, oh, if I don't help pastor, you know, he's going to fail. And you know what? He's going to think that, you know, there's nothing else he can do. And he's going to fall down, break down. And, you know, the church is going to fail. Are you serious? (laughs) If you don't know me long enough, you know that I'm the type of guy, number one, if I cannot do it, I say I cannot do it. Sudah, habis. (laughs) Habis cerita. Move on, do something else in life. I won't sit on something just because people don't want to volunteer themselves. Up to people. I will do what I can. But I never think too highly about myself. And that is what God's looking for. When you think, oh, I'm the reason. I can make it happen. That's when you feel you're inadequate because when you start doing things, you feel it's not good enough. So the question tonight, I close with this. The question tonight is, there's a world that needs to be delivered. Will you let fear, are you going to let your inability, are you going to let guilt become an obstruction for you to rise up and do something for God? Are you going to step out? Pastor, I'm not gifted in that, but you know what? I can learn. I can do something. I can avail myself. I can volunteer myself. I can do something for God. Let my life count. Avail yourself for God because we can do something for God, all of us. None of us here are adequate. We are all inadequate. And thank God for that. Bow your heads with me.